Welcome to The Commentaries, a podcast series from TAN in which you'll learn how to read and understand history's greatest Catholic works from today's greatest Catholic scholars. In every series of The Commentaries, your expert host will be your personal guide to not just read the book, but to live the book, shining the light of its eternal truths into our modern darkness. Visit TANCommentaries.com to get your copy of the book and to subscribe for access to all the great reading plans, new episodes, bonus content, and exclusive deals for listeners of the commentaries. Hello, and welcome to the fourth episode of the commentary series on the Dialogue of St. Catherine. I'm Sister Mary Madeline Todd, a Dominican sister of the Congregation of St. Cecilia in Nashville, Tennessee. And today, in our fourth segment, we'll be discussing St. Catherine's writing on humility, penance, and prayer. This marks the beginning of the second part of the dialogue, her treatise of discretion. We'll be covering material from the subsection found in the Tan edition that begins with how the affection should not place reliance chiefly on penance and going through the subsection on how sin is more gravely punished after the passion of Christ than before. As we move into this important section on discretion, let us begin with prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Eternal God, eternal Trinity, you have made the blood of Christ so precious through his sharing in your divine nature. You are a mystery as deep as the sea. The more I search, the more I find. And the more I find, the more I search for you. But I can never be satisfied. What I receive will ever leave me desiring more. When you fill my soul, I have an ever greater hunger, and I grow more famished for your light. I desire above all to see you, the true light, as you really are. Amen. Last time, in our third episode, we discussed the Father's revelation to St. Catherine concerning how growth in virtue is achieved through our interactions with our neighbors. We especially highlighted how responding with patience when others cause us to suffer can not only help us grow in love, but can also change the hearts of those who persecute us. This is a very important teaching for us because we're never going to walk through life without some kind of suffering. And our own patience not only strengthens our own souls, but is a cause of conversion for others. The section that we covered in our third podcast was the end of the short treatise on divine providence at the beginning of the dialogue. And now we're moving into a much longer section, the treatise on discretion. This section will begin with a deeper consideration of the specific virtue of humility and will highlight how penance and prayer can help to deepen our virtue. As the treatise on discretion begins, the Father warns Catherine that our affection should not be placed first and foremost on the penance we undertake, but rather on the virtue that underlies our penance. This is because penance in itself is not an end. 
Rather, the deeper growth in love of God and our neighbor is our end. So this concept comes up a lot in church history and in our own personal struggle to grow. Penance is good and it can help us in our own growth and virtue and we can offer it in an intercessory way for the good of others. But the Father warns Catherine that we will need especially a virtue of discretion in order to not go to extremes and not to mistake a means for an end. So not only does penance presuppose a virtuous motive of charity, it also requires that one be very strong in humility and patience. So the Father explains to Catherine that if a person is motivated by selfishness, it is possible to do penance, even great penance, out of vainglory and pride. I mean, we can see this that, you know, you can become so attached to a particular practice of intense prayer and penance, but sometimes the vanity and pride can creep in, that a person can want to do it to satisfy some desire in their own heart, rather than because it's according to God's will and for the good of others. But the Father explains to Catherine that if a person is motivated by true charity, penance will be what he calls seasoned by the virtue of discretion. The Father explains to Catherine that discretion is what comes from self-knowledge. And when it is joined to charity, it gives life to all the other virtues. So it's very interesting he knows that love is the root and the perfection of all virtue, but even love needs to be wedded to this kind of discretion, and it all has to be rooted in humility. Since humility is the truth about God and about the soul, it helps the person to be able to see that everything we do should be directed toward the praise and glory of God, it also helps us to realize that every grace and gift comes from God and that one's very being exists only in and from God. Pride seeks to attribute good things to ourselves and therefore it tends to lead to indiscretion, a kind of lack of prudential judgment that goes to unhealthy extremes. So what are some of the signs of indiscretion Indiscretion, the father tells Catherine, leads to a certain vanity over one's accomplishments. Certainly, if we were to brag about our, our penances, this would show that there's a wrong motive there. He says it also leads to complaining about the things of God and taking unnecessary scandal at those who are weak. Humility, on the other hand, recognizes every gift is coming from God. And therefore, it leads to a kind of discretion, a truthful judgment about the nothingness of the soul in herself and the greatness of God at work in any good that she does. In order to try to illustrate this for Catherine, the father uses a sort of parable about the relationship between the virtues of humility, love, and discretion. He uses a tree as the kind of metaphor within this parable. He points out that a tree will only be fruitful if it's rooted in a soil that truly nourishes it. We know that if we were to uproot a tree from soil, it would not be healthy and eventually would bear no fruit. Just so in the spiritual life, the roots of the tree of the soul have to be sunk deep 
into the soil of humility so that the roots of the soul, the roots of the tree of the soul have to go deep into humility. Humility is the foundation. Why? Because it produces true knowledge of the self and of God. When we know that God is everything, when we know that apart from Him we can do nothing, when we know ourselves as utterly dependent on Him, we are rooted in that rich soil of humility. So this, the soul that's rooted in humility is receiving this deep nourishment. So then that well-rooted soul will then grow into a tree that is full of love and charity. That well-nourished tree is now full of love, rooted in humility. And that tree also is nourished on patience, fed with the humility of the soil in which it is rooted. She says in what she receives from the Father that it will bear the offshoot or branch of true discretion. So this tree of love that is rooted in humility branches out in discretion. And then what happens in a tree that's, that's well situated like that? Well, it has many blossoms that will bear forth into fruit. And what are those blossoms and those fruits? They are the virtues. They are the fruits of grace. And they shine forth in the ways that we show our love and action. The father then reminds Catherine that she has had great desire to do penance for the good of her neighbor. And that when she prayed to him with this deep desire and willingness to suffer, he had said to her, I take delight in few words and many works. So the father doesn't want her so much to just say she loves her neighbor, but to actually put that love into action. But the father further instructs her that it is not so much a desire to do bodily penance, but rather a radical and complete submission of the will to God's will that is most pleasing to him. The kind of outcome of that is that if a person sets out to do a form of bodily penance, but is prevented by some kind of circumstances, or even directly asked not to do that penance by someone with legitimate spiritual authority in their life, the Father says that choosing to do a penance that is not His will would be actually displeasing to Him. He instructs Catherine that it is important to see the works of penance as a means to growth and charity, as a means to the perfection of the will, but not as an end in themselves. So the Father shows Catherine that really no work is meritorious apart from the virtue of love and apart from the virtue of discretion that guides us in how to express our love. So, you know, if we think something is loving, but it's actually not guided by discretion, it actually lacks a kind of prudential judgment, then it isn't actually showing love in the way that God wills. So the Father instructs Catherine that there is absolutely no limit in our love for God. That is a love that there can be not an excess, but that our love for our neighbor has to observe a certain kind of order. And this is why we need the virtue of discretion. The Father uses the example that it would never be His will for us to commit even a single sin to be of service to our neighbor. It would, however, 
be true to the virtue of discretion, to be willing to make great personal sacrifices in order to obtain the true good and salvation of our neighbor. So this is how discretion is supposed to guide us, that we know that we would sacrifice many goods for the honor of God and the salvation of souls, but we would never, even for one moment, commit a sin because that's an infinite offense against God to achieve any good that could come for our neighbor. So the Father calls this virtue of discretion a kind of, and this is a quote from the dialogue, a prudence which cannot be cheated, a fortitude or courage which cannot be beaten, a perseverance from end to end stretching from heaven to earth, that is, from knowledge of me, God, to knowledge of self, and from love of me to love of others. So again, you see the interconnection of the virtues here, that when one knows God, one knows oneself in God, one knows how to love neighbor, then discretion is the wisdom, the prudence, the courage to see to what lengths we would go in order to do good to our neighbor, but never in opposition to the will of God. So St. Catherine ponders both the dignity of every person created in God's image and loved by him infinitely, and the indignity that is brought to the soul by the choice of sin. And as she ponders this, she's moved to this intense burning prayer, and she begins to weep for the salvation of souls and for the purification of the church. And as St. Catherine marvels at the dignity of the human person, she thanks God for all the gifts he pours out on us. She thanks him for the gift of memory to recall all the benefits we have received from God, for the gift of our intellect that we can come to know the truth of God's goodness and love, and for the gift of will that we might be drawn into a loving union with God, especially through the Holy Spirit. She's really marveling at the high dignity given to the human person. And she begs God through the power of His divine love and through the obedience of His Son to have mercy on the whole world. After Catherine pours out her heart in tears and prayers for the good of the church, the Father speaks to her of the great grief he feels over the suffering of the body of Christ. He sees that especially in the church and especially in the ministers of the church, there are those who are called to receive abundantly from the divine heart, the graces of love and life, but that often they close themselves off to these graces so that not only are they themselves not nourished, but they fail to nourish the people of God. The Father, really reveals a lament of the divine heart in this section. Um, so saddened by the fact that humanity has cut himself off from these many abundant gifts and the living channels of grace. But he doesn't stop at that. He reminds Catherine that he sent his only begotten son, whose obedience even to death on the cross gained for all humanity the great gift of redemption. He reminds her that by holy baptism, grace can be poured into the soul, and through the saving blood of Christ, man can be cleansed. And yet, there are still so many who choose to remain in the darkness of sin. 
The father continues to lament that while he wanted only the sanctification of the human race, he wants us to be with him, to enjoy communion with him, that often we go from sin to sin and turn our minds and hearts away from him. The father grieves over the sin of those who reject his goodness and grace. And he reveals to Catherine that it's even more serious after the passion of Christ for someone to persist in sin since the gift they reject is all the greater. The Lord tells Catherine, however, that there is a remedy for so much pain and suffering. He says that his true servants constrain him by their desire. He says to Catherine that because he himself desires to pour out mercy on the whole world, he gives his true servants hunger and desire for his honor and the salvation of souls. Therefore, the Father calls Catherine to wash the face of his spouse, the church, with her tears and sweat, her offerings of prayer and penance and labors. He promises that by the means of all she offers in love and in unity with Christ for the good of the church, the bride of Christ, she will have her beauty restored to her. And he assures Catherine that his loving providence will never fail her in the slightest need. As we close this section with the Father's assurance of mercy for the whole world granted to St. Catherine, the stage is set for one of the most beautiful and central teachings of the dialogue, the one we will explore in our next episode. In our fifth episode, we will begin to unpack the Father's revelation of how Jesus Christ is the bridge. He is the bridge who will span the chasm of division between God and the human race. This hopeful teaching is at the heart of all Christianity, as well as at the heart of the dialogue of divine providence. I look forward to discussing this hope-filled image of the bridge with you next time as we continue in the treatise of discretion, beginning with how the road to heaven was broken, but continuing with how the bridge was built of stones that signify the virtues. There is so much hope in the message of the redemption won for us in our Savior, Jesus Christ. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. This has been an episode of The Commentaries, a podcast brought to you by TAN. To follow the show, study more of the greatest Catholic classics, and to support the commentaries and other great free content from TAN, visit tancommentaries.com to subscribe and use coupon code COM25 to get 25% off your next order, including the dialogue and countless more spiritual works to deepen your interior life and guide you to heaven.